Hello, I'm Gary Shotton, and I'm here as a part of Inspiring Better Business. And I've been uh, now developing a series on the subject of miracles, God's miracles. And it's related to certain miracles that's happened in my life, and there's no attempt uh, to draw attention to me or highlight uh, anything I've done, but is to encourage you to believe that God's still in the miracle business. God wants to be involved with your life, and it's not some passive distant person. He wants to be involved as much as you will let him be involved. But there's certain things he's looking for uh, before he can get involved. The number one thing is faith. Do I believe him? That's the ticket, in my opinion, that brings God into the picture. And when you're starting to show God that you believe him, you trust him, you're communicating with him in a real way, he's in a position to help you like a perfect father would help his children. So these miracles are, are important to me. And each time one of these happened, it propelled me into life. It, it propelled me into a better understanding of how God worked. And in particular, most of them gave me one new nugget of truth that allowed me to uh, learn a lesson that I use for the rest, I mean, con continue to use as a foundational truth in the way God works in my life. So I hope you understand this is not a passive thing to me. It's a very important thing that I share this in a way that you gather the fact that you personally are entitled to God's miracles in your life. Today I'm going to talk about miracles of God as recorded in the New Testament, primarily and exclusively in the life of Jesus. Jesus did miracles, and he performed miracles not to show off as who he was, because he was in one sense demonstrating what a typical human, a person on this earth, ought to operate, and he would then by that fact be demonstrating the fact that we should be operating with some miracles in our life. So I did a Google search and looked up the subject of miracles, the miracles that Jesus did. And one nice little uh, search finding showed it in a real simple format. It showed the 36 miracles of Jesus. And it showed the miracles and where the uh, verses in the Bible in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and where to find them. And then some miracles were repeated in three of the four uh, uh, books of the Bible. One was actually, the same miracle was recorded by all Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Well, it was interesting that uh, I asked my question, myself the question, how many of these were financial miracles? So I did a little count. And there's no question there's six that are clear financial miracles. The one I'm going to talk about today, Jesus turns water to wine. The first miracle, catch of a fish. That's a financial. The uh, Jesus feeds 5,000 was recorded. Jesus feeds 4,000. That's a different situation. The miraculous temple tax is found in a fish's mouth. And last but not least, second miraculous catch of fish, where the, the fishmen were out were harvesting the fish. Well, I then counted up there's six primary miracles. Then I looked at how many of them were miracles of healing or health. And there was 27 miracles related to healing. And three of those 27 included someone being raised from the dead. So if you're raised from the dead, I guess you're probably, that's a healing miracle.
Uh, but it's interesting to me, I said, well, was that a financial miracle? Well, in today's time it is. Have you gone to the doctor lately? Have you gone to the uh, hospital lately? I mean, the cost of medicine is unbelievable. Now, these were uh, restoration of sight or, or someone's able to walk. I won't go through all of them. So, in not a stretching it too far to say that these are also financial miracles. That left only four. Uh, Jesus calms a storm. Well, I don't see that as a financial other than maybe uh, it uh, avoided a, a, the, the boat being capsized and flooded. Jesus cast demons into a herd of pigs. Well, those pigs all went over the cliff and were drowned or killed. So, I mean, that wasn't a real positive one. Maybe we could stretch it on there. Jesus walks on water. That's kind of a neutral. I mean, there's no financial emphasis there. And then Jesus uh, withers the fig tree. He actually uh, cursed or, or uh, pronounced a sentence on a fig tree because it was not producing figs. So just an interesting thing that if you consider the six notable financial miracles and would consider that anytime there's a healing or someone is raised from the dead, that could be a financial benefit, then hey, there's actually... Uh, 33 of the 37 miracles that had some financial implication. Well, the one I want to talk about today is uh, recorded in John chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. And I'm going to read most of that and discuss it as we go. So, uh, verse 2, On the third day, a wedding took place at Canaan in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. Verse 2, And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. Verse 3, when the wine was gone, very important, here's a problem. There's maybe the wedding planner didn't plan for the audience, how many people were there. There must have been a huge crowd. You're going to figure that out later by the, how big this miracle was. But somebody didn't anticipate. Could you imagine having a wedding and, and you ran out of, of something to drink, in this case wine? Uh, and and Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Oh, that's interesting. Jesus is being pulled into the situation by his mother. Uh, you know, I kind of follow some movies, and I heard some people talk about a good movie plot. It's when, like Mel Gibson, he, he was in The Patriot, and he was in Braveheart. These are a little older movies, but anybody that's seen The Patriot and Braveheart with Mel Gibson know that he was not out looking for a fight. He did not want to, to, to uh, be uh, involved with the problem. He was just very neutral in this, but it pulled him in. So pulled him in to respond to the situation. I think that's one thing true. Jesus' mother was pulling Jesus in to the situation, and Jesus didn't barge in and say, oh, I'll do a miracle. I think that's a quality, a characteristic, so we ought to consider there. Well, verse 4, woman, he's talking to his mother, that was not disrespectful, why do you involve me? See what I mean? Jesus replied, and he, as he replied, my hour has not come. He's, he's not trying to be recognized. You'll see later on, maybe no one even knew who did the miracle, but Jesus' mother and the disciples. He wasn't flying a big red flag. You might learn from that. Why would I highlight these miracles in a way that brings attention to me? I'm telling you historically as a, as a teaching, but not to, not to elevate me. I keep saying that, but please understand that's the truth. Verse 5, 
His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. <laughs> Everybody re responds to your mother, and these servants knew what they're supposed to do. Verse 6, nearby, nearby stood six stone water jars. They used what they had. I love that. Right in front of them, they had these, these stone jars. The kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing. It didn't say that they were being used. It's the kind that were being used. And, and each holding between 20 and 30 gallons. Okay, here's where the miracle comes. Here's 20 to 30 gallons in six water containers. Quick math, that's 120 gallons. And a, or up to 180 gallons of liquid that was water and then turns to wine, grape juice, or I don't, and, and, and that, there must have been a huge crowd there because God doesn't waste. Verse 7, Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water, so they filled them to the brim. Once again, Jesus is just giving instructions. He used what he had. He wasn't all excited. And verse 8, then he told them, now draw out and take it to the master of the banquet. Now, I don't actually didn't do the study. I'm not sure who the master of the banquet would be. In my thought pattern at first would be the, the father of the bride. But maybe that wasn't true. I'm not sure. But whoever it was, it's the main person, the person responsible at least for the food catering and more. And he was the, 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 the most important person there if he's the master of, uh, uh, he's the, uh, the master of the banquet. Verse 8 still. Uh, and they did. In verse 9, And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine, and he did not recognize that he had come, where it had come from. He didn't know it was water turned to wine. It never says he ever knew it was water turned to wine. In fact, this miracle was so low-key, it was so unbroadcast, that I don't know that he ever even knew this. All he knew was, though the servants had drawn, the, the servants who had, they the, only the servants knew that it, the water had been drawn from, the, from those wells of water. And then he called the bridegroom aside, the groom. And he said, everything, everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had so much to drink. In other words, they're a little, you know, a little looser, a little, a little tipsy. I don't think it's an all right uh, drunken brawl, but, you know, they didn't, the first is out the best, and later on you kind of bring up the low, the low dollar stuff. And, but you have saved the best till now. Oh, one of our lessons, quality, quality, quality. When God does something, he does it in quality. Verse 11, what Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory. Now this is pretty key. And his disciples believed in him. Guess what? You know, I have a trust in God. I trust God for my salvation. My, my wife and I accepted the Lord together as a new, newlyweds. We had been married about one year, and we accepted the Lord together. I had some belief in God. And I grew pretty quickly as I studied the Bible. I was very focused and intent. And then after about 10 years, we moved to actually go to Bible school to really get uh, uh, intently skilled in faith and how faith works and, and more about the Word of God because we're we're focused in on it. But you know, when I know that God has performed some supernatural connections, 
all these things I'm talking about in my personal experience, when I know that we are serving a God that is involved in my life for my benefit, he knows what's best for me. He's not going to play games with me. He's not responding to my need. When I'm, I'm going to talk about some cases where I had a real need, and my need never moved God. When I operated in faith and I understood that I had a responsibility on my side of this to do certain things to, to uh, not create the miracle, because I never search after a miracle, I never seek a miracle, but when I'm in that position and then God does perform one of these 10 to 12 or more miracles, I could probably can do 20, these miracles, and some of them you say, well, that really was so minor. Not to me. When God does something, it caused me to believe that this is a real God. This is not playing church. This is not uh, uh, reading a, a, a Bible plan that just I read through the Bible. I, all those are good, but this is believing Almighty God as a part of my day-to-day -day life. That's what I want. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I want for you. That's why I'm doing these lessons on miracles and the other lessons we're doing because you can have a direct relationship with God that's personal between you and Him and you can have miracles happen in your life. I believe that or I wouldn't be putting this out to you. It has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with another person. It has nothing to do with your history. It has something to do with what you and how you are interacting with God and preparing the way, making the way for miracles. Well, I hope this is helpful. Thanks for being a part of IBB Talks.